We are I. All right, everybody, welcome uh, this morning to another edition of We Are I'm sitting down here with Jason Tilsey again. And, uh, you know, we kind of had like this grand idea, you know, I, I messaged Jason, you know, about three, four weeks ago, and I was like, you know, we're both these guys, you know, we both love hiking, you know, we have these great conversations. It obviously seems like everybody connects with the conversations that we had or in, have had in the past. And I was like, what's a really cool idea and concept that we can bring to this podcast? And uh, so I was like, you know, like, why don't you hike a mountain in Alberta and I'll hike a mountain in BC, you know, and we'll record this podcast from like the top of two mountains in two different provinces, you know, connecting two guys with two similar ideals and, you know, two similar, you know, ways of uh, living their lives. And, uh, you know, it's like we, we planned it, you know, like we're researching mountains, you know, we're researching cell tower locations to make sure that we have, you know, like the uh, service that we need to be able to pull this off and, you know, like... We had it all planned out. We had the mountains and, and you know, everything just dialed down and we had this 100%. And then, uh, you know, then the weather kind of changes a little bit in, in Alberta. And then, you know, so then we change locations for, for Jason saying we're going to do it in the in the coolies, you know, where him and I grew up in, in Lethbridge because we both have such a connection there. You know, very similar concept, you know, like we're out in nature and, you know, like just really connecting with this place that means a lot to both of us, um, you know, from a childhood perspective and also from Jason, you know, still to this day, you know, and then I pick like this mountain, Mount St. Benedict in, uh, in Mission, BC, you know, I'm going up with my team, you know, we're going to climb this mountain, you know, great cell phone uh, reception and, you know, we're climbing up, you know, we're doing great. And then, you know, one of our team members, you know, gets this pain, you know, just behind the back of one of her knees and just doesn't think that, you know, even if we do make it to the summit that we're going to be able to turn and, you know, and be able to make it and come back down and, um, you know, safely and stuff. So she makes the decision, you know, that, uh, that it's not a good idea to go up and, you know, we hike as a team. So, you know, like if, if one person makes the call, you know, like that's a call for the entire team, you know, we're at peace with that. We're at comfort with that. You know, like that's okay. You know, it's just one of those days where it just wasn't meant to be and, you know, complete homeostasis about that situation. Absolutely fine. Um, but then we got stuck in this bowl where there was this beautiful lake, like it was absolutely incredible. Um, but the only place on this entire hike where I didn't have cell phone reception to be able to message Jason and let him know what's going on is in this specific bowl, you know, that like we stopped in, you know, where there was this lake. So, um, and then on the way back down, one of our team members, you know, ended up rolling her ankle, you know, we had to get that taped up and, you know, it's just, it was kind of like one of those days, you know, but like, this is those aspects of life where, you know, like we want to be able to have control over all of these situations. You know, we want to try to say, you know, like us as human beings have the ability to be able to control our lives where it's not only my life, you know, but there's Jason's life, you know, like there's my, um, you know, three team members lives, you know, like there's, you know, the mountain in Alberta, there's the mountain in BC, there's cell phone connections. Like we, we really thought we could control all of these situations and then everything comes, the wheels come off the bus. But I actually really find now that this is kind of like the whole concept of like what Jason and I, what we wanted to discuss today and like what we've been discussing through the last couple episodes that we've done, you know, is that 
we just have to be able to submit to that. You know, like we have to always be at peace with that because like we do try to mandate and dictate and control all these situations in our lives, you know, but like the one thing is we always, when these things happen, we tend to get frustrated and we have this angst inside us and our cortisol level goes up and, you know, it affects the relationships and the people around us. But, you know, we could also look at it from that genuine, pure perspective that, you know, like this was supposed to happen, you know, like this was supposed to happen, you know, now I'm in my living room at home, you know, in my pajamas, just got up like an hour and 15 minutes ago with my oldest daughter, super relaxed Sunday, you know, Jason slept in today too, he's at home relaxed. And it's just like, you know, maybe this will afford us a better opportunity to be able to communicate the message that we're supposed to communicate in this podcast. So um, rant be said, uh, Jason, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Glad to glad to be chatting with you again, and uh, yeah, kind of sharing what we were talking about, like I say, through the last few weeks. And when you messaged me about our idea, uh, well, your idea there, and yeah, trying to make it work and and do our thing, and yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was fun. I mean, I I got out, I had my time out in nature, so that's kind of the way that I looked at it. Um, I spent probably at least a good couple hours, uh, you know, just running through the coolies, like, uh, you know, just walking up and down, um, doing my thing. You know, there's this kind of cool rock that I'd found and just kind of even sat on there, did a little meditation. And, um, there's kind of this old, like really old kind of weathered board that's down there. And I don't know, it's about like three feet up and I, you know, I just balance walk, play around on that thing. So I was having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> of course it was actually kind of, it's weird. The weather that we're getting lately, uh, you know, here we are coming into, well, we're into fall and all that. And we're getting some of the, you know, warmer weather than, you know, we've had all summer, I guess. Um, so yeah, I might even got a little bit of a sunburn, just, you know, sticking to my ginger roots, right. doesn't <laughs> take too long. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was just fun. Actually almost stepped on a snake too, while I was walking down there, <laughs> wasn't even really paying attention and he was on the asphalt path. And, uh, yeah, it kind of almost like scared me a little bit. Cause I just like, as I was putting my one foot down, I just see this thing slither underneath my foot. I just like <laughs> didn't want to crush him, but yeah just, yeah, just a typical garter snake. Right. And I remember when, you know, growing up, living down in there right we you know used to pick those things up all the time right when you find them and you know they, they would obviously put off like a stink right and you know it'd make you like gag but you just hold them far enough away from you and, yeah but yeah but yeah it's just it's just a yeah i mean the accessibility for me it was it was cool because i you know i could just walk there um you know a little bit of a walk from my house but it's just nice to know that's right there and and you know and i was just glad to you know get in touch with you and hear that you guys were all okay because i was kind of i was getting kind of worried at first i was like oh man hopefully was, i don't hear something about like some bear encounter or something out in bc or some shit so yeah that's yeah. That, yeah and you know like that all that stuff is real right you know always taking yeah, into consideration yeah. and stuff but um you know like we were talking about before you know and even like when i opened up like in this podcast like you know I was talking about how like we both have such a connection, you know, like with the coolies in, you know, in Lethbridge, you know, that kind of run all through like Southern Alberta, you know, like, like maybe just kind of like walk your way through, like, you know, why is this a place that, you know, is so holistic to you? Not only because like you have this connection with nature, but like, what, is, what is this place meant to you through the course of your life? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been, um, it's been a place of, I guess, uh, 
I don't know, I guess you could call it like adventure, just kind of like hide away too. Um, just do whatever kind of, you know, you know, be creative, almost be like, say that adventurous, uh, you know, from the time I was, I was young, you know, um, a lot of my best friends growing up, we, you know, we, we lived like basically our, our parents' houses pretty much backed onto the coolies there. Right. So, you know, as soon as you were done school or, or whatever on the weekends, you know, you just, you know, hop the fence and boom, you're right down in there. And, you know, you're, you got, you know, they're, they're like those rolling Hills and, you know, there's definitely, you know, elevations, like, you know, if you go up and down those multiple times, but, um, at the end of like, there's, there used to like, you know, as the coolies would slump and all that, there'd be all these crevices and stuff. So you kind of find these, you know, really awesome, like hiding spaces, right? Like you'd pretty much, you could get, you know, you could hide very well in there, right? And uh, I just remember, yeah, growing up and, you know, making forts, like finding, you know, even like pieces of like plywood down there, sheets of plywood, and you'd literally, all you'd have to do is just lay it over top of these, you know, cracks in the, you know, from the slumping and you had this nice little, you know, little getaway. And I think even, even one of my, one of my really good best friends, uh, he got, uh, he had his wedding reception here a couple weekends ago. And I remember one time we had, we literally just like slept like, like there. Cause well, it started to pour rain hard and all that too. And we just kind of like, we'd been down there for so long and just kind of like dozed off. And yeah, it's just kind of, it's this awesome place and you can, I mean, you can find yourself, you can get yourself into trouble too down there. <laughs> like, um, I remember one time we, you know, there was a huge wasp nest. So we had the grand old idea to just start bombing some huge pieces of rock at it and stuff. And sure enough, you know, one of us got stung, right? Right. And that, but you know, it's, it's, you, you learn lessons too, right? Like, you know, then it was, it was cool. Cause looking back, you know, you, you, uh, I don't know, you, you just, you faced any kind of fear maybe or anything like that. You, you didn't hold fears either. Right. Or a lot of people nowadays kind of how I just mentioned to you where I thought like, Oh shit, man, like, you know, did they maybe encounter a bear or something? Right. And, um, and you know, and I think that deters people from, you know, wanting to go out and be in touch with nature. Right. So, um, in the coolies here, you know, uh, we have like, we, we have rattlesnakes. Right. And, um, actually, you know, it's funny. It wasn't until about maybe, four years ago, um, that I had actually for the first time, you know, seen a rattlesnake, like, you know, right up close. And, uh, and it was, I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was crazy. I was just like, holy shit. And cause you know, I've like, again, lived my life down in the coolies, but they were always on the West side of town. So on the other side of the river, and that's kind of where they would always displace them too, if they found them kind of even on like people's properties or whatever. And, uh, so, I mean, I was always on the South side, so I guess that's why, but like, even when I was living on the West side for quite some time, it wasn't until, yeah, like a little while later and I was uh, bike riding on a path with the girl I was dating at the time. And a guy was walking his dog and, you know, he just, he was kind of keeping his dog off to the side and, you know, and I was kind of wondering, okay, what the heck? And like, this was around the same time of year we were getting, you know, really hot temperatures in September. And, um, and then the guy just kind of said, Oh, you know, watch out. There's a rattlesnake up there. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, well start riding up there. And then, and you know, when you're in the coolies, 
you know, you hear all the grasshoppers and, you know, crickets and stuff. And sometimes you almost hear things that you feel like it sounds like a, you know, like a rattlesnake or something. But, uh, I'll tell you, like, that was the first time I actually got to hear a rattlesnake, you know, and hear his rattle go off and, you know, you know, like, that that's what it is. And yeah, it was kind of cool. So I just like get off my bike and I'm looking at this thing, right. And just getting, getting like not too close, but you know, just like, holy shit. Right. So we get back on our bikes and then start riding and literally man, like, probably 400 meters from where I saw that one. Like I almost got clipped by another one. Like he was on the other side of the path, just sitting there. Right. And, and you can't see them like they're hard to see. So, um, but yeah, I got, obviously it got really close to that one and riding by on my bike. Like I just felt something kind of graze my ankle. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so it was, but I mean, you know, someone could take that though and then say like, never going down in the coolies again. Right. Like no, like, you know, danger, danger. Right. But, um, like I say, there's, there's something to be said about being out in, in nature. Right. And, you know, y- you can't control, you know, you can't control nature, right. Like you can't control the weather, all those things. Right. And, um, so, you know, you just kind of go out there and, and do your thing and, um, and, and, you know, take advantage of it. And especially because, like I said, just earlier, it was literally just a hop over the back fence of my parents' property, right? And you're, you're in the coolies. Um, you know, even for people who live more inside the city, I mean, Lethbridge just got over a hundred thousand population. So, um, you know, you can still make your way there fairly easy. Right. So, um, you know, to have that there and you got like the river bottom, you know, and you got lots of trees down there, lots of shelter too. You got, you know, creeks running through and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we, we sometimes, think that you know and again I, I love hiking a mountain I love seeing mountains right there's just something to be said about when you're like yeah I want to get to the top of that thing right and uh um but again yeah that there's there's those conditions you know to to getting there to doing it right so hopping in the car driving you know let's say like a good hour you know to get there you know paying for your gas to do that you know taking food all you need and stuff so um i get like maybe if people yeah if your money's tight or you're trying to like save money like you know try and you know maybe yeah look at other avenues right don't just be fixated on you know climbing you know this mountain when you know you got these other you know just kind of nature reserves like within your city that are just right there and, and and they're peaceful like yesterday there wasn't a lot of people down there which i thought was funny um I think there was like a, a run going on though too, like this lost souls run, which is kind of like a, not an ultra marathon, but you know, like one of those long ass, like, you know, coolie runs. And, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, so from the time that was like when we were really little, as we started growing up a little more, you know, becoming more, um, you know, just little delinquents growing up and shitheads, uh, you know, I remember like egging cars, you know, and doing that kind of stuff. And, and one time, you know, just so happened one of the cars we egged was a cop car. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was, you know, basically as soon as that happened, you know, you just like take off down in those coolies. Like you just, and it's dark too, right? Like that was what it was like, you know, it was night obviously. And, uh, yeah. And you just, you know, and you just hide yourself away in there. Right. I mean, we never got caught. So life was, life was good and we didn't have to face any kind of shit from most likely our parents. Cause I'm sure the cops would have, you know, informed our parents of what we were doing. Um, but, um, yeah, so there was, you know, those moments and, you know, like mountain biking. I, I remember I just, you know, at times, uh, you know, when I was working for my dad and, you know, after my work day, you know, just hop on my bike and just like rip through there. Like I'd have pretty much have like a pretty, 
routine kind of trail that I would do. And, you know, I even decided to go on a different one, you know, it was just like, get on your bike and, and rip through there for like an hour. Or if I only had a little bit of time cause I was doing something else, like, you know, I could pretty much time myself and know how quick I could do that loop or whichever. And yeah. See, and you know, you bring up like so much that I don't want to like talk about it like in this podcast, but you know, and all that, but you know, like I, I think I kind of want to like really bring it back to like, like the start of like what I was thinking about, like as you're talking and, and having like at the beginning. So, you know, when we don't have a whole lot of external influence in telling us like what, where our happiness should lie or what makes us happy or like the concept in different environments of like what they should mean to us. And I say that by, you know, it's not like anybody told you guys or forced you as an individual or tried to convince you that there was this place that you could go that would make you feel good. And then on the flip side of that is like, you know, nobody hyper analyzed, you know, this environment that you were in and like why you were connected with it and why it made you feel good. You know, but like, you know, when we're children, you know, and we're just left to be, we go to nature. Like, there's no doubt about that. Like, you know, like it's something you just explained it, you outlined it. I've been like that. And, you know, we've always kind of grown up like that as human beings where it's just like, you know, where are the kids? Oh, they're outside playing. You know, like I remember going down into the, into the coolies and just loving every moment of it. I didn't really understand necessarily like why or why being in the backcountry meant so much to me, but as I get older, I understand that, you know, and as I get more into reading about ancient Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and, you know, it, it's amazing to me about like, you know, we feel whole as a human being by going to the, these places and being immersed in nature in these environments. And, you know, we're essentially like, you know, creating our own like mental health and our emotional health and physical health by being in these environments that like, you know, we just want to be able to run to, we want to be able to expose ourselves to because, you know, like you said, you guys would get home from school, you'd hop the fence, go down into the coolies, you'd find those breaks in the sand, you know, and like, you know, you guys would build forts, you'd hide, you'd run around in them, you know, like after, you know, you're done working for your dad, you'd hop on your mountain bike and, you know, whether it was for five minutes or an hour, you would go because, you know, like it just drew you to this place. Like, it cleared you mentally, it cleared you emotionally, it cleared you physically. And, you know, like you always get drawn back to that, you know, because, you know, like there's like this external force that pulls you there. And it's, you know, I look at it now as just being like this connection with like, um, it's some, the two concepts that we, I know that everybody has heard multiple times growing up through their life, but I've never really tried to understand what they mean to me until now. So if you've ever heard, mother nature which everybody has heard you know before that expression but then there's also the flip side of that is human nature but like why were these two concepts bridged like that like why were they bridged as in like why was it ever mother nature you know like and we're used to going to like like you know traditionally like a mother for like like comfort and like nurturing and growth and healing you know but then why was it ever labeled as human nature you know, like yeah. where, like, I started to look at like the, the, these commonalities between us because you know we do go, we do seek being outside, and we do know that we feel whole, you know, by being outside. And you know, like, 
you look at and you just like outlined like all of these things where you know like you went down there yesterday like you meditated outside you don't need to meditate inside you worked on your balance work outside you know on an old weathered board instead of being in a gym or like an acrofit or a gymnastic center like you found like the real version of that of like how it, it ever was you know like you know, like you're down there, you're connecting with the heat, you feel the warmth on your body, which, you know, feels like no matter how lonely you are, we know if you sit in the sun or you sit by a fire, like you immediately feel like you're not alone anymore. You know, you're getting this vitamin D from the sun on a great day, you're getting some fresh air and feeling your fueling your tissue, you know, with oxygen, like all these things that are just incredible to you, like as as a person, you know, and like how profound all those things are. Yeah, for sure, man. And I mean, I, uh, you know, even so to not just have to like sit there and, and, uh, and think of like, you know, you got to sit, uh, you know, and you're full Lotus on a rock and, you know, meditate away kind of, you know, with your hands on your, on your knees there and, you know, full, like, you know, what people perceive as what meditation looks like. Right. Cause it's like, well, I can't even get my ass into like a full Lotus anyways, but like, you know, I just kind of, you know, like again, sitting up on that rock and just kind of, you know, there was a bit of a breeze and it wasn't, you know, I was kind of surprised cause as I started going down there, um, you know, there was a little bit of wind starting to pick up and Lethbridge is uh, notorious for their wind. If anybody ever Googles Lethbridge and they want to like, you know, learn a little bit more about it or even Google coolies, right. To see what they sort of look like. And, uh, but, um, yeah, you don't even have to do that. Right. Like you, I, I find when I'm walking and just walking up and down the Hills, um, you know, it's, uh, cause meditation is usually to me, it's such a hard thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I try and do it as much as I can. And, um, it's where, you know, your mind will still get the best of you maybe. Right. And, and I find when I'm walking, um, you know, I'll, my, my head, just all these things can be coming in and out. Right. It's like, you know, thoughts going through and, and you know, I kind of liked how you were talking about human nature, mother nature, you know, as I was doing that, I just, I started sitting there and I was like, man, like think about it. Like, I don't know how long ago, like long time ago. Right. You know, this was like the norm for like the majority of the population. Right. But then I go and then I sit there and I think of, okay, well, yeah, we're talking about like, you know, animal attacks or bear attacks and all that. Right. So that's where then we started to evolve into, you know, safe, you know, like, you know, go into safer areas and, you know, don't go out there and that kind of stuff. And that's where I think, yeah, like, you know, as to where we've gotten today, you know, for a lot of the population, right. We just, just gotten so disconnected to that, um, which is, uh, you know, kind of unfortunate in a way, but, um, you know, maybe at some point people will start to catch on to it. Cause you know, you used to always see, you know, posts talking about, you know, like the healing of again, yeah, nature and, and all those things. Right. And I, and I believe, yeah, there is, uh, there is like some, you know, major like healing that can be done. Um, you know, speaking on earlier episodes with, with you and, um, you know, talking about, you know, retreats and things like that, you know, for people to, you know, disconnect. And, um, and I, and I think that's like, you know, uh, a great, uh, like a great thing that, that people need. The other side of it too, is where, and this is where I can always have like, uh, I don't know, I can be uh, pessimistic in a way when I think of stuff like that is, um, you know, like how do you, how do people want to try and, you know, obtain that like long term, you know, so, uh, you know, try and fit it into their lifestyle more. Cause I, 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 sometimes I think of it as when, 
someone goes to detox, right. For drugs or alcohol, you know, like they, they go to these like fancy ass retreats, like, you know, maybe it's talk about like California or something, right. Where like these people go and it's like a holiday. Right. And they're, they're like, you know, in this, you know, amazing house or whatever that's in the Hills. And, you know, they, they got all the, like a pool and the spa and like all this stuff. And it's like, you know, and then, so what happens though is that they just go back into their old environment. Right. And they continue on the same patterns, right. The same path. Right. So, um, that's where I've even just tried to learn about, um, you know, like I just recently have been doing a social media cleanse and it's probably been maybe coming into two weeks. So not, not very, long, but I feel like it will be a long cleanse. Like it could be until maybe November or who knows, right? Maybe I just keep rolling through it. Um, you know, I, I get that social media is a good way to project your message and get it out there to people. And I, I know that's a, a great source. Um, but for me, I just want to see what it does for me, you know, to actually take that full on break, but to also like do it where I'm in the city. So Wi-Fi, like, you know, internet, it's, it's all accessible. So that's where, you know, when people, you go on these, you go to a retreat and, you know, you go out in the mountains and it's like, okay, well, I have no reception because there literally isn't. Right. So it's like that forced, you know, that, that forced kind of, you, you can't go on your phone. Right. So then, then, you know, you kind of maybe sit there the whole time and then, you know, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I need my phone. I need, I need to check this. Right. And, uh, you know, so it, it's that forced, um, I, I don't know how you'd say it, like forced removal. Yeah. Of forced disconnect. Yeah. 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 So then I find then it just makes people then more craving it when they get back, you know? So, you know, it's almost like maybe, you know, how can you do that though, just in maybe your day to day life, you know, before you go out to doing something like that so that you're not, you're not kind of like, you know, that like, Oh shit. Right. I didn't know how hard this would be or, you know, or that like, I I really missed that. Right. So, so when you come back, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how, like, you know, we look at things like that, you know, because you just made, like, two, like, fantastic points there about how, like, you know, so say, you know, for example, it's, like, if you go in and, like, you need, you know, some kind of, like, procedure, like, it's, like, this immediate, um, you know, so, so what I'm thinking about just for, like, transparency and, you know, I guess I'm going to throw some people under the bus here and stuff, but like, I, I'm just going to okay. throw it out there. But um, say like when people get like their, their stomachs like stapled, you know, they're, you know, like, you know, like any like surgery that helps people uh, manipulate their weight. You know, I always have to talk with it because I always say to people like you, you've, you've learned nothing how to be able to change your lifestyle, what got you there. Like you're still going to like, even if you physically change your body, like, emotionally and mentally you're still stuck in that same realm because it was this immediate impact and like what you said you know like when people go to like a rehab center where you know they typically get forced out of their environment immediately shipped off to this rehab center go through this feel very inspired but then get immediately thrown back into it with like very little tools like you know even if they have a counselor to go see or a psychologist or you know an accountability buddy but when you go from like a hundred percent controlled environment down to like five percent like that's not a system for success you know but then like what you said were you know like if people go somewhere to be able to have you know kind of like like a cleanse or a detox from you know like like internet and technology and all that kind of stuff well 
it is like immediate. Like I do think that you create because when I go on hikes with everybody and I'm guilty of this sometimes too, is like as soon as you get a cell phone service again, you always check to see like what you missed. You know, but nobody after these hikes is puts their phone down, leaves it down and says, okay, well, I'm actually going to not check anything until tomorrow. You know, like, okay, well, it's four or five o'clock in the afternoon now. I'm going to intentionally, because of what I went on this hike for, I'm going to leave the phone down, you know, until like tomorrow or maybe even like the next day if it's the weekend. You know, like we don't do things like that. And, you know, it's like, what do we really take away from these, these events? Do we just solely take away that we're addicted to things and like we have no control over our lives? Like, because to me, like, like that's more globally, like what we're taking away is how all these things have such control over our lives. You know, when it comes to like a break in cell phone service or a break in connection with technology, I'm in the backcountry so much. And when I try to explain to people and they're like, well, I try to get a hold of you all day. I'm like, well, I haven't had cell phone reception all day. Or like, hey, buddy, I was messaging you and my messages weren't going through. I think there's something wrong with your phone. I'm like, no, I was just in an area of the planet that does not have cell phone reception. And, you know, and even when I got back, you know, like people would be like, well, you know, I know you said you're going to get back around like three or four and I couldn't get a hold of you for the rest of the day. And then they're like pissed off that they can't get a hold of me. I'm like, well, maybe I want that. Like maybe I need that. You know, maybe I'm just like I get back and I don't go into it thinking this. But maybe when I get back, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave my phone off or I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode or I'm just going to get away from it because I don't want to come back and be immediately connected with everything again because I need to be able to connect what's with important to me, you know, and like there's, there's that side. And then, you know, like another thing that I wanted to like, you know, broach with you when it came down to like, where you're talking about, um, you know, like the rattlesnake and, you know, like wildlife is that's one thing I always tell people. I'm like, you know, in like the 36 years I've been going into the backcountry, you have to intentionally go out of your way 99% of the time to find wildlife. And like people are astonished by that. Like when I take people like hiking, they're just like, okay, we're going to run into 10 bears, five cougars, you know, like all this stuff. I'm like, no, you won't. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. And if the more you go into the backcountry, the more likely it's going to happen, you know, but I've almost been on 40 hikes this year and I've seen chipmunks, squirrels and birds. You know, and I'm like, I would love to see a bear. I would love to see a deer. I would love to see a moose, an elk. I would love to see like a sheep. I would love to see something like I'm like always looking up, looking on ridge lines, looking on rock faces, you know, bringing my binos. And I'm just like, where's the wildlife? You know, like, you know, but like you said, like how long you've been going in the coolies for and Southern Alberta is known for rattlesnakes, like millions of rattlesnakes. And it took you that long to even find one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that summer, like say I ended up seeing actually like three and then I haven't seen one since. Right. But I mean, of course now I've been like back on the South side and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, on most hikes too, like if if there's a lot of people out, like, again, like bears aren't really, you know, they're, they're not looking for trouble. Right. Like, and, and the thing is too, is again, that's where I say kind of, you know, social media can really, um, dictate what someone chooses to do, right? Like, because as soon as they see a post or someone share something, like, 
you know, bear attack out in Ontario or something. Right. Well, then they're like, Oh shit. Right. And, um, and kind of, yeah, where people then think, well, I'm not going out there unless I'm like armed to the teeth with like, you know, <laughs> like my bear spray and just, you know, everyone's got it. I mean, I've gone on quite a few hikes with no bear spray, no mm-hmm. nothing. Like people probably thought I was an idiot. Like what the fuck are you doing? Right. But I don't know. I just never, you know, and I never, I never thought of that. Uh, I didn't, I don't know. I guess it was just being, it could be like careless recklessness or whatever, but, um, you know, I just, it, it's, you're going out and you're, you know, trying to just do, do what you know is good for you. Right. And try to not think of those uh, situations. And I guess if they arise, then I don't know, you're going to have to improvise or figure something out. Right. Like, but there's a lot of, com- yeah, there's a lot of components that come to that. It's like, well, if you if you were that irresponsible by not carrying bear spray because I don't anymore, like there's these two young girls on this hike that I went on this year that were one of them was clearly petrified of sleeping over in the backcountry and they had nothing like that. So I was like, here's my bear spray. I gave it to her and I never bought more because I'm like, you know what? You know, I'm like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, what did people do before bear spray? You know, like people survived in nature before bear spray, you know, and the thing is, I think that when you have bear spray, you have this false sense of security that if you're going to run into a bear, that this bear spray is going to save you. And I think the more educated you are, the more that you know that if you ever need bear spray, you are never going to be able to use that bear spray in a way that's going to be able to defend off that bear because you're going to have bigger problems on your hands. Then you have to figure like... Like why that bear is wanting to attack you will supersede what your bear spray is ever going to do to that bear. You know, like, and that goes back to the whole, like, you know, when you have seasoned hunters, you know, carrying like a 45 in their, you know, their hip holster, you know, or a shoulder holster. And, you know, for specific reasons like that, and they get attacked by a bear and it's still in their holster. Like you don't have the time. And I think that's what most people don't realize. Like, if a bear is going to attack you, it's going to attack you. You know, like yeah. the likelihood of like defending yourself against it is slim to none. So what are the things that you're going to do and how much education do you have to realize, okay, well, what's this scenario you don't want to be in? Well, you see the cub, you get away. You know, you don't yeah. like, yeah. you know, have like really fragrancy, you know, like food on you, like like steak yeah. in your backpack that you cooked yeah. like for in like the early spring or late fall. You know, like those kind of things yeah. are more invaluable to educate people on than go and buy a $100 can of bear spray. You know, and the part that is hard for me with that is, is, you know, like you were saying, like this prevents somebody and a group of people and a massive group of people from, you know, experiencing something that is going to connect them with being whole as a human being and is completely superficial. You know, like I look at it from the perspective of if you are starving, if you are starving for something to eat and I put this this bounty of food, every kind of food that you could ever possibly think of, everything that you love on this table in front of you. And I put up this fence like this, you know, maybe this string around it. And I said, okay, well, this string is electrified. If you touch this string or if you come in within five feet of this string, it'll electrocute you. You would sit there and you'd look at the food and you'd know that it would make you feel whole. You'd have this connection with it, but you'd develop this fear around it. You'd develop this fear about wanting to be able to go eat this food or be around this food 
You know, and like what social media has done and what miseducation has done is created this this fear around being in nature. Like nature is going to harm you and nature's out to yeah. get you. And like the animals in nature are out to get you. And, you know, you always have to be, you know, like cautious and defend yourself and, you know, you know, be on point because there's all this, you know, wildlife around you that's going to attack you. And it's like, but it's not. You know, and it's just yeah. robbing you of the opportunity to be able to feel whole and reconnect with yourself as a human being. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it's kind of you know, like that's where for me, I feel like you know, going off of social media right now is is good for me, um, just in the terms of not like flipping through just like so much information, and and I'm pretty good at just like you know, just sifting through and and whatever. But then at the time, I I just feel like, oh man, I'm just like you know, it's probably even subconsciously like, you know, throwing energy at like certain things, right. That I see and this and that, and, you know, and it's like almost like keeping up with like so many people and their lives and this and that. Um, and, and yeah, and it's, you know, you, you could see somebody, you know, and, and I've, I've been that person, right? Like I try and share my ideas. I try and share my thoughts and my perception of the world around me and, you know, and, and give that to people. But, um, you know, at the same time, yeah, it's unfortunate because, you know, like for right now too, like let's talk about Lethbridge a little bit. I don't want to get too far into this, but this might roll us into our talk of, um, you know, change and, you know, letting love in these things. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in, in Lethbridge here, we got this big issue with this safe consumption site and, you know, and, and it's where people are posting things and, and it's just coming from like Joe Blow. Like, you know, and, and maybe from an experience that he had or whatever. And then it just rallies people. Like you see how that like, you know, just makes people believe or like the big talk is like, don't go downtown, like don't go downtown Lethbridge, right? Like it's so dangerous. And, um, and I don't know, like, I mean, I, again, growing up here, like going downtown, like, you know, after high school, like when you go to the bars and stuff, I mean, there, there were fights, like there was shit going on. Like, I mean, you know, one of my buddies got stabbed, but I mean, he went out there like looking for it, right? Like that's the difference too, right? Like, you know, so, I mean, if you go downtown and, you know, some people that are maybe listening to us from Lethbridge, if they are, like they might think, you know, he's being totally, um, you know, just negligent to, you know, and maybe I am, but I mean, I walk around downtown a lot for my work too and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like rattled everything here and, and it's thrown that fear into people too, right? Where, you know, don't leave your house. It's like the walking dead, right? <laughs> uh, you know, see, and like the thing is, um, you know, like that, that I, as I get older, um, and it, as I'm experiencing more things, the, the one thing I realize, like the anthems when people promote out there, because I get in a lot of really heated conversations with people, not yeah. heated in a bad way, but heated in a way of like people have entrenched themselves in this way of thinking and absolutely refuse to see the value in anything else. And I say, I'm like, when you talk to any single one of those people about one of those like safe injection sites or, you know, safe cons consumption sites, is that they have this stance, this uneducated stance, and they're not even willing to be able to entertain, you know, like any other position, you know, but in a situation like that, because in BC, we have safe injection sites all over the place, you know, and this is my, this is my point that I want to make with this, with people's uneducated opinion, is that 
at a safe consumption site or a safe injection site, you have people specifically seeking out an environment that they want to be safe. Those people are more likely to not be the people who are going to harm you or are going to like affect you because they have this rationale saying that I have this addiction. I know this addiction is controlling my life, but I don't want to die because hopefully one day I may be able to come out of this. There's that person burning inside them. So a safe consumption site, it's like the face of it may be very explosive. The the face of it may be very extreme. But if people were willing just to even look at it more of a granule level, the people who are going there are not the people who are consuming drugs that you would ever have to worry about. You know, and like to me, like that's like the ignorant position that people take in all aspects of life. And, you know, and it comes down to like religion and politics and safe consumption sites and jobs and everything. And it even goes back to like what we were talking about with nature, like the uneducated perspective that people come at life with is saying that I know because I seen, I know because I heard. But the one thing that nobody will say is, I know because I've investigated because if they investigated it, they would know and they would understand and come at it from a perspective like what you're coming at is they say there is another side to this. What is the whole story? You've seen rattlesnakes. They did not kill you. You know, you walk around downtown Lethbridge. You do not have hepatitis ABC. You don't have HIV. You know, you haven't been stabbed and shot at and you haven't been chased down by thugs. Like these are things that aren't going to happen but we are paralyzed by this fear because every time that we turn around there's something that you have to be fearful of because education comes by way of how can I tell you to be scared of this not how can I educate you so you can understand this and when you're talking about like a big part of this podcast so what you want to explain today is that you know when we are educated so that you can understand this you're going to come at it from a place of compassion a, a place of understanding and then you're going to be able to open up where like instead of wanting to defend this position of hostility and this angst and this anger and this anxiety is that you might want to look at it from a compassionate role because when people talk about places in Canada and especially Lethbridge, Alberta, you know, my challenge to anybody who thinks downtown Lethbridge is unsafe, there's kids who grew up in Syria you know, with like terrorists and bombs going off and people like, and they, they function, like it may not be the best environment, but you know, those people would look at what we think fear is as a joke, but we want to be paralyzed by that fear that in Lethbridge, Alberta of all places, you have to fear something and it is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, you, you said it with compassion and, and I I love that. Yeah. Cause I was, that's the word I was thinking too. And the other one that came to mind was empathy too. Right. And I, I think the thing is, is that we've lived like here, like we, we have such freedoms, we have such security, I guess, in a way. Right. And, um, and that's the thing is that it, it sort of, it, it makes people have a hard time, you know, you know, seeing the other side or, or doing anything like, you know, all of a sudden it, it throws in like fear and then that anger response, um, all those things. And, um, you talked about like children in Syria and, and, you know, one of the big things here, uh, you know, and this could, you know, get people a little heated, but, um, you know, a lot of the big thing is, um, you know, 
like what about the children right like save the you know children right keep them safe and all that and let's go even way back to the start of our conversation like i mean you know we don't know how life is going to unfold like you know we can try and protect our kids to the best of our ability give them everything they need everything they want make them feel safe loved all these things but um, at the end of the day, you don't, you don't know, right. As they start going through life and they start experiencing, you know, like pain and, you know, like anger and things like that. So, um, that's, that's the thing that I like, you know, cause I, I look back in my life and, you know, I, I had like a lot of, you know, people would say that was you, you had a, you know, you had a pretty good life, right? Like, you know, financially safe family, all those things. Right. But I mean, man, I was, I was like getting into trouble, like all the time. Right. Like I was, and, and I look at it and I'm like, I could, uh, I could have been, I could, you know, potentially be one of those people. Right. Like, you know, I could be, you know, a, a heavy, heavy user. Right. Like, you know, and, and that's that, that again, that in turn me being able to understand that, know that and, and live like around it. It's just like, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I choose, I guess, to keep fighting for something, you know, for, for something inside of me. And, uh, but you know, it, it's a scary thought that, you know, and I feel like it's all within us, right? Like you could find yourself like going way over the edge, right? Because of like things that you've experienced in your life and, you know, and I've been here like long enough and, and my story and, um, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of, parts that are where you know one would assume well how did you get involved in all this like shit and stuff right well I don't know I guess I was doing it for you know because I was trying to you know get people to enjoy you know being around me you know like getting people to like me and just kind of losing sight of myself and and you know I I always usually have people that say you know they they really appreciate that I kind of you know, go about life without giving any fucks to what people think. And, and I, I think I do that to a degree, but there's also that other side of me that I know is like, you know, and maybe it's more, maybe it's more pushed under a little bit, but I know it's still there. And, and, you know, where I still need to have that approval from people, you know, and, and, you know, make them feel like, you know, they, they appreciate me and all this and that. Right. And so it's, it's learning to, you know, really kind of get rid of that as well. And, uh, Cause I, you know, our big talk and, and one thing that I've, I've learned and, you know, going into even kind of training and working out and, and those things like, you know, I, I was training and, and using my body, like, you know, to just like push, you know, huge limits. And even when it came to, you know, doing drugs and, and drinking and stuff, right. Like, um, you know, it was, it was cause I was, I was, I just had so much pain going on in my life, like emotional, um, you know, and just fear and anger, uh, you know, how my life was unfolding and, um, and yeah, it drove me to just doing all these like crazy intense things and, 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 you know, and it was a way to distract me. And, and like I say, I'm, I'm lucky knock on wood that I didn't fall too far over the deep end. Um, but now it's, you know, starting to, you know, wake me up over this last little bit, man. Like, you know, that's where I say like, you know, we, we had this talk just the other day and how pain is, you know, you see it in the fitness world and you see it in just like inspirational quotes and things like that, where it's, you know, if you don't suffer, right, then you're not going to be strong in life. And, 
um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like we, we need challenges, right? Like we need our kids to like play in sports and, you know, do things and, and experience that, um, you know, just being, yeah, like, you know, whether it's, whether they go in at a high level or not, I think they just still need to feel that, you know, working with a team, you know, learning about others and just themselves. Right. It's, it's a huge thing. And then doing individual things as well. Right. And, uh, but, um, yeah, it's trying to, again, like we're, we're not going to, life is not going to be roses all the way through. Right. I guess is what I'm trying to say there. You know, we don't just, tiptoe through life without you know getting knocked down right and you know and, and we'll, we're gonna get knocked down that's that's just inevitable right and I guess it just depends on how many times we do get knocked down and and how we keep moving forward and so that's where I was talking about how you know I think a lot of the time the more we experience um you know hard hardships hard doings um you know that then every time we find ourselves getting back up maybe we are now more angry towards, you know, the world around us, right? We're holding on to that aggression, that fear of that experience, right? And uh, and then and then it starts to, you know, where we think we're, like, doing better, um, you know, actually deep inside, you know, we're still angry and we haven't let go of that. So it just starts to, like, build up inside. And then, yeah, and then we just start, like, any little thing will set us off, right? And that's where, again, like, we say, okay, well, yeah, you made it through that. So you've endured that pain, you endured that suffering. So now you're stronger. Um, that's where now I've learned that it's, it's almost like the opposite where I find if through all these shitty experiences, um, you know, things that I've gone through and I could always sit there and say, well, you know, yeah, it was all because of you. Um, you know, it was all your choices and your decisions in your life that, you know, put you in those situations. Um, you know, I, I hold responsibility for that, but then at the same time, I think that's a hard thing, um, to always tell yourself. Cause then I don't think you're ever going to like, you know, figure things out if you're going to put that blame on yourself. And cause you feel it's like, that's your way of like forgiving the person or something or for whoever did anything to you. And, um, so yeah, so now it's learning that to me, you know, um, like just cause you've gone through pain, that doesn't mean you're a strong person. It's to me, it's, um, if you can start feeling love and, you know, like that compassion and empathy and, and that in life, like that strength, like, like that is like, you know, like that's, you know, that, that you can go through it and, and deal with like what had happened, you know, and fully kind of just get on and, and still have, and still be a good person. Right. Cause I think that's what's happening nowadays is that everyone's taking like their shit and using it as a tool to be an angry person, right. Or giving them that platform to be, you know, just pissed off at everything. So let me, let me ask you this real, real quick, you know, because like, I think this is a big component of, you know, my life and you just kind of challenged me to be able to, to think about it. And, um, like I see it in your life, but also I was kind of thinking about just, what I understand about life at this current point in time is that do you think because we're overcoached to be fearful of life itself in so many regards now that we don't actually really understand what real fear is and like an actual appropriate response to it and then having like this this continued feedback loop of 
like the anxiety and the, the potential risk to ourselves and the people around us, you know, based on that. So like why I say that, and I guess to kind of contextualize, you know, like what I'm actually trying to say here is that, you know, it's, it's back to like what we were talking about with like wildlife in nature. You know, we're overcoached to fear this environment, but it doesn't actually really exist as profoundly as what people do. But what it robs us is the opportunity is to understand what fear actually is, because until you come across that that rattlesnake, until you come across that bear, you know, like that's the real fear. The fear isn't in the the potential situation that happens. But how much does that spin off? Like the fear isn't the safe injection site. The, the fear actually is the time when you're cornered in a back alley or something along those lines. That's the actual fear. The fear isn't in the hypothetical situation that may happen. You know, like, you know, like the fear is like the, the condemning ourselves for the actions that we have chosen to take in the past that we have chosen to be able to walk down in our life. But the real fear isn't labeled to the okay well now i'm actually really in this situation that mandates me to be able to be exposed emotionally and conceptually to this like you know my leg is trapped underneath this rock if i don't get out i'm going to die you know like i no longer have food to eat and it's been two or three days i am actually might going to die you know like like real situations i'm lost on the ocean in this boat and have no way to be able to get myself back home like like things that actually should trigger this response is because human beings shouldn't have to live in such constant states of anxiety and fear all the time about hypothetical situations that may or may not happen but what it robs us is the opportunity not only to be like more empathetic and understanding to ourselves as human beings but other people around us because i feel like we may be walking down the road right now that's we're we're always looking at how should i fear you how should i distance myself from you how should i distance myself from you know a situation that i can get in with you like it's like this like i could have i could choose intentionally to have an emotionally exposing conversation with you, which for most people is a very fearful thing. Like, who are you inside? You know, like, you know, but then we choose to be able to air this so other people can hear to challenge who they are as people and to be able to think outside of that box, you know, a little bit and understand themselves a little bit more. But all these are like very fearful things or, you know, like we can look at as like, these are the things that actually can make us whole. Like. I don't have to fear you as a person. I don't have to fear exposing myself emotionally to you as a person because, you know, we shouldn't be coming at a place where just because I talk to you about certain concepts, even if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But like, let me understand what your, you know, your convictions are like, and you know, we can have that real conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, and that's, that's what I love. Like, you know, when we talk to each other, when we have our conversations, you know, we don't, we don't have to agree with each other 100%, but you know, let's just, let's just come from a place of where at least we have that open mind and, you know, and we take what, you know, what we feel is important out of that. Right. Like, again, you can shut off and you can be so tunnel vision. And I think we've talked about that a bit before, but um, yeah, you can just have blinders on and walk through life. And when you talk about like anxiety and all those things where 
nothing's actually happening. We just live in this what if kind of like situation mindset, right? Like this what if, what if, but it's like, did it actually happen to you or has it actually happened? You know, no. Um, and that's where, yeah, people nowadays, you know, you see anxiety and, and depression and all those kind of, you know, mental, mental, like hurdles that people are, you know, walking through life with, like, you know, I probably still have some kind of depression, you know, and, and I'm working on that, man. And, uh, I'll tell you at the end of the day, and this can sound really, um, this could sound really stupid, but you know, out, out of like animals and, and all these things, uh, that, that can harm us, uh, you know, the, the thing that I probably, uh, you know, fear the most in my life is, uh, is love, you know, like, um, I, it, it scares the shit out of me, man. Cause I feel like that's what I'm trying to learn and understand more like uh, nowadays. Um, I'm trying to, to let it in because I've, suppressed it probably the majority of my life um without even maybe being aware of it or or at times being aware who knows um but that to me is 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 what i what scares the shit out of me man is and and it's it's uh you know it, it's it's been a hard it's hard to um i don't know how to say it i guess but uh yeah it's it, you know when when it's there and you start to see it and you feel it uh, and then to like accept it, it's, you know, it's not easy. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, my past, like, like just my recent relationship, like my partner and I, we've kind of parted ways. Um, and it's, it's been a, it's been a tough thing, you know, cause you had this person who would love you unconditionally. Right. And, you know, I, I look back and I think of my mom. And, you know, like how she loved me, but I was just such a shithead to her. Right. Like, and, um, and I just, you know, was so hard on her, but she had no choice to love me. Right. And, um, and so I was suppressing that. And then, you know, it, in my household, it was always told, you know, I was learned that, um, you know, if, if someone in my house wasn't giving me a hard time with the way I was living my life, then that meant that they didn't love me like, you know, or, or it meant that, yeah, they, they wouldn't love me if like, you know, if they weren't giving me like that hard kind of talk or like, this is what you need to be doing. This is what your life should be like. Um, you know, and, and that's, again, like that's, that's probably fucked me up a lot, man. Like, you know, um, and so, you know, given what I've learned and, and kind of what I'm going through right now is that it's not, you know, it, it's not going to change the way that I'm going to try and help myself. Right. Cause I, I do want to feel love. Um, but I guess the one thing is that I had this person that would, you know, love me unconditionally, but I was, I didn't love myself, you know, like I didn't, there's, there's still things that I haven't come to terms with. And, um, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, I know once I get there, um, it'll, you know, whether, whether she's there after, you know, that's irrelevant. And I'm not going to be like angry about it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lesson man. See, and that's, you know, like it it brings me to like a a point that, um, that I've been struggling, you know, like with, I, I think actually for, for quite a long time, I just haven't understood the face of it. And I think it's, you know, through conversations with, you know, like, you know, people like you and like the research that I've been doing and, you know, 
um, trying to understand myself more is I think that what I fear the most in life is people who don't understand themselves. And, you know, that includes me in that scope. Like, I, I don't want people to think that, like, I, I'm outwardly projecting that only as in people who are around me. Like, I look at that very internally myself because, you know, like, when people don't understand themselves, like, how do you come from a place of like love and compassion and empathy because you know I've said for years you know like how do you truly love somebody when you don't love yourself you know like if how do you how can you be happy if you are not happy yourself or how do you project happiness or like you know or anything along those lines like 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 you know like un understanding but I think that's like where we're going now you know in life is like so far and we have all these tools to be able to take us so far away from ourselves as human beings that we don't understand ourselves like we don't, we're not equipped with like the tools to be able to understand ourselves and which robs us of the tools to be able to understand other people you know and like you know like that's where like I think you know like you know, when, when you're talking there, you know, like, like my heart just like, like aches for you because it forces me to be able to connect with that part of me that I know that I'm struggling with because, you know, like, like I don't, I don't ever want to be at a place of like homeostasis in, in my life where I feel like I've got there now because like life has never been about reaching a destination and then that's it life is a constant refinement of like understanding who we are today because if you look at the the like the discourse that you feel in your heart right now well you didn't feel that a month ago or two months ago or six months ago the way that you feel at this moment right now but it'll allow yeah. you the sobering opportunity to be able to understand okay well how do i need to live my life today and tomorrow you know and as yeah. you come to some resolve you know you'll be able to help other people you know understand with them with themselves too but then it'll change the course of your life which will change what you need in your life and it'll change what you need to understand in your life to be able to become more whole at that point because you know you we don't start off as like an empty tank and we fill that tank up and then we're done like that tank gets constantly drawn on every day and we need to be able to have the tools and the understanding of like this is a lifelong journey from the day that I am born until the day that I die of a way of feeling whole because I am going to fight different battles. You know, like, because now after this conversation, what you just shared with me right now, like now I know I'm going to go the rest of my day being like, damn it. You know, like, like Jason, like, why did you force me to be able to like, yeah, but then, but the thing is other people are going to feel that same way too. But what, what I want is like, okay, well, you know, when I go, when when my oldest daughter and I, when we hang out today and we're going to go out for lunch with my dad and we're going to go to a movie this afternoon that she wants to go to and we're going to go do all these awesome things. It's like I want to be able to now like, okay, well, how, how can I make that better just by coming at a place of like like peace and like understanding it's like, no, it doesn't need to be something more than just, you know, like like us being together in the same place, you know, like and, and like that love and you know like how and what is that going to mean to me based on like what I thought love was before or how I de tried to define what love was before or how I tried to define what understanding was where it's the you know 
this is who I am right now. How can we all coexist together? Because I'm a series of mistakes for 36 years. But the thing is, I hope I will be a series of mistakes for like another 50 or 60 years. But like through that series of mistakes, I want to be able to share my series of mistakes with people like you because I can see it in your face. I can see the look in your eyes. Like, like I know that when I share my series of mistakes with you, we can talk about it and we can come to a place of understanding versus like, you know, just like this place of like judgment or like this place of like, oh, well, you're doing this wrong or that wrong or, you know, it needs to be this. It's just, you know, where is that? that that comfort level like where is that that peace and affordability saying like let's just share because through that that art of sharing in an undisturbed environment emotionally i will be able to find a place of homeostasis in that current situation you know and like i think that's what we rob ourselves of is because you know like you were saying it's just like we are not we are not afforded enough safe environments to be able to just say, this is who I am and express that opinion. And it just be that like, there'll be nothing after that. Like that's just simply what it is. But that's what I find in nature when I'm out in nature by myself is that it's like, again, that proverbial like mother nature, like what we were talking about before, you know, mother nature allows me that opportunity to be able to understand who I am, like saying, okay, well, you know, where you were talking before about meditation doesn't need to be a lotus pose. It doesn't. Meditation means that like I have gone somewhere to prioritize me. I have gone somewhere to prioritize me and then to understand me. I'm going somewhere to be able to process this because I know I'm a series of mistakes. But the one thing that I want to do and take away from that is to say, okay, well, through these series of mistakes, how do I understand that? And like, where do I need to go where I can understand that? Because like you said, and like the, the best component of like what you shared was the, you know, you know, you need to work on things, but how many people can admit that? I know absolutely that I need to work on aspects of me because there's a lot of me that's not perfect. How many people have the humility to be able to say, I'm not I'm not perfect. I have to work on things. I need to work on things. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a hard, it, we don't want to have that self-reflection, right? I, I think that's one thing. Another thing that we're scared of is self-reflection because then that could then in turn mean, um, you know, some, some type of change, right? Some, something that we're holding on to that we think is serving us, that's getting us through like the day to day. Um, and, and until, you know, you maybe encounter something that, that shakes you, right. Like, you know, that, that really kind of, you know, makes you open up and, and try and see the, the big picture. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, you'll always kind of go through, I guess, life just kind of, again, going back to that, what if kind of scenario, right. And you, you may be that same person and, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, you know, it's been tough. I, I kind of just recently went back to seeing a counselor and, um, and, you know, I, a guy that a close friend of mine told me to go see who he had just started seeing. And, and it, it's, it's actually, you know, my first session with him was great. Um, you know, it's, 
he he's, seems like a really cool guy. His name's Jason. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's a, he, you know, he's a healer. Um, and, uh, and yeah, in our conversation, he just really, you know, kind of, you know, such a good, gave me some good things to think about really good. Like, you know, and he was kind of funny cause he just said, he's like, you know, I can see you're kind of an emotional guy. You've, you know, experienced a lot. And he's like, it's good to see a guy kind of emotional. Right. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, fuck, man. I'm like, I, I used to show no emotion. Right. My emotion was anger and like, you know, fear, like those things. Right. Um, and, uh, he's just like, yeah, no, it's good. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's funny. Cause before I went to see him, I'm like, I'm just going to like probably break down in this guy's office. Right. Like just totally have like this huge meltdown. And I think I've kept it in pretty good so far, even almost like say on this podcast, you know, breaking up there. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, again, not take this as, um, a step back, you know, and, and even if it is, it's, it's like, okay, now what, what do I do to now, now which road do I take? You know, like now you're at like this fork in the road, so to speak, right. That we all know about in life. And, you know, now where, where are you going to go with that? Right. Like, how are you going to process everything that's happened and, and, and process it in a, in a way that you can have a clear mind with it. So again, that could be like, you know, how we just, you just talked like, you know, going for these walks, you know, I, I've, I've found a lot of the time when I'm, when I'm maybe my emotions are getting the best of me or, you know, things it's go for that walk, you know, get outside, get that fresh air, you know, try and, you know, just bring yourself down to some level where you can think with some clarity, right. Instead of thinking of, you know, all the, you know, cause fear is always going to come in fear and just kind of like, okay, well now I'm going to, um, you know, now I'm just going to put up more walls, you know? And, and I feel like I, I could go to that place and, and, you know, and I, I feel like that's the shitty thing is that, um, you know, I, I felt like I was, I was doing good and, and this, but I know I still had walls set up. Um, and I think that's the part that's like, um, yeah, hard with everything is because, um, yeah, I wasn't able to let someone in, so, uh, is there some regret there? For sure. For sure. Um, so how do I bring those down? You know? Um, and yeah, it'll be, it'll be work, man, but, uh, it's going to be worth it. You know, even if I'm, you know, even though it's like, you know, gets me emotional, it's that release, you know, and we're too scared to, um, put that out to people you know we feel humility we feel you know like oh i'm not supposed to you know be hurt or whatever but see and you know and the one thing that my sister said to me like when i was going through my divorce and i was like struggling with it and um you know when when i was just like you know i'm like i don't want to feel this way like whatever the way was whatever the label of that was and she was just like you know one of the biggest mistakes that we make as human beings is try to be able to control how we feel instead of just allowing yourself the forum to be able just to feel and be okay with that like you know you are going to be happy you are going to be sad like you are going to be angry like you're going to be all these things but we will forever always be every single one of those emotional states throughout the course of our entire lives 
You know, so like, why is it not okay in some circumstances to feel emotion and and in other ones it is, but like, why is it just not okay in every circumstance to be able to say, hey, internally, I feel this way, happy, sad, angry, anything like these are just things that we have in our life. And, you know, I've actually challenged myself, um, you know, over the last couple of years to think this way and you 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 kind of brought it up is that why do we ever look at life is that we've taken steps backwards why is it always not forwards like when did the the concept develop that like this certain situation was a step back or i take you know two steps back to take 10 steps forward because every single situation like the older we get in life the more and the more experience we get in life, the more we understand there's never a step back. There's never a step back because the thing is right now, like where you look at this is like, you know, this breakup that you're going through right now, like it is challenging you right now to see if what you're saying to people, the message that you're putting out to this world, the anthem that you're projecting to this world, do you actually believe that? Do you actually believe and can you live it that you are willing to be compassionate and empathetic, that you will release your feelings, that you you will connect with who you are? Because those are the walls you're bringing down. Those are the walls because that is what's important because you now are no longer a hypocrite. You no longer are going to sit there and question whether or not you actually feel that way because you do. You're living it right now. You know, like you're emotional right now. You're connecting with how you feel. Those walls have come down, Jason. They have. And that's how you see it through situations like that. You've taken a hundred steps forward and you've never taken one step back. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks, man. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You know, it's, I guess, yeah, it's how do I, how do I take this and channel it? Right. How, how do we channel our you know emotions and how do we, you know, again, use it, you know, hopefully for the better. Right. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's energy, right? Like emotion is energy and how, where, where do you choose to channel it now? You know, and things like that. And even, you know, again, like really starting to understand what's important to you in life, you know, like, like what is important and, you know, and I can tell you like, you know, there's so many things going through my head that could be like, well, you know, is my job really that important? Is all these, you know, or like material things, all that really important to me anymore? Um, you know, uh, is, you know, is my, is, is like my physical activity and, and all those things like, is, is that important? And I mean, yeah, it is, it, you know, it, it is a, important, but at the end of the day too, it makes me then I guess, yeah, really decide which ones I appreciate, like or, or which ones are more beneficial to me, you know, cause that's the, like a lot of the time, right. We think of, you know, here we are, we like to say we're 36 years old, right. You know, we're coming into that, I don't know, call it uh midlife, you know, where people say midlife crisis and things like that. And they'll go buy themselves some, you know, fancy ass car, or they're going to go make some huge ass purchase. Well, I mean, I think that's where then what it gives you that brief moment of like, fuck yeah, sweet. Like I feel good, but then like give it a week, not even maybe. And then you're just like back to, you know, square, well back to square one or whatever. Right. Like, holy shit. I still have all this stuff I haven't taken care of with my life. And, you know, and that, that again, is kind of, you know, I watched my dad, you know, like his goal was to buy a Corvette. 
like he loved a Corvette car and that was his goal. And so for his 50th birthday, he bought himself one. I mean, he, ne- he never drove that thing, man. <laughs> he, I mean, he let us drive it a couple of times and things like that. I mean, he took it for a couple of trips, but he ended up selling it. You know, like he, he, I think he had it for maybe 10 years, but it mainly sat in a garage and things like that. And that's again where, you know, I feel like that's part of where we go into life too is, you know, we're, we put all these materialistic things to sort of, I guess, put a blanket over, you know, the, what's actually going on inside. And it's for those little boosts of like, oh, I feel good about myself. But, you know, like I say, maybe really deep down, there's stuff that we haven't, you know, let go of, or we haven't expressed, we haven't, you know, dealt with. And that's, yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, we need to be more open and, you know, having those conversations, like you said earlier, like you and I, like I totally appreciate, you know, anytime we connect, anytime we talk, man, like it's, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and that I don't have to worry about like, yeah, breaking up on a podcast or even if we're just talking just you and I, and it's, it's not being shared with a bunch of people. Right. Like, um, you know, but at the end of the day, I just, yeah, it, it's, it, it's like people don't want to deal with uncomfortableness. You know, people don't want to see someone hurting, you know, in, in front of them. And, and I get that, 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 I guess then is like, that's our compassion and empathy for people. But at the end of the day, like, you know, we're all going to experience some sort of, you know, again, like I said, we're not tiptoeing through life without, you know, hitting, you know, getting knocked down, getting back up or hurdles, right? So it'd be nice if in some way that we could have, you know, like, you know, because like everybody goes through this midlife existential angst, you know, like where they question things, you know, people will buy things, the relationships will change, you know, like all these kind of things, you know, but like, it'd be nice if there was a midlife sabbatical, you know, like if there was just like, you know, like this, this point of, you know, like that you could get to where, you know, like, yes, you are going to go through some situations in life. Like, yes, it is going to be hard, but like, like let's create this forum and this, this opportunity where people can have like a sabbatical from life to be able to understand like who they are, because, you know, like, like studying like ancient Chinese medicine now and like, you know, like Ayurveda, you know, like I look at it, you know, like in some of these principles that I'm looking at that, you know, is is having like this real connection with who we are and like, like who we are as people and like what that means to our space in this world. And, you know, like one of the principles that like they talk about is, you know, it's the understanding that our world is meant to subtly like intervene and manipulate who we are genetically as people because our bodies physically mentally and emotionally have the ability to be able to create this this calmness with inside us but we intervene in that all the time like like you know when we when we eat of like the plants of this earth and what this earth offers us when we connect with this earth and what this earth offers us we allow our body like the subtle tools to be able to do what it needs to do. We're not intervening. We're complementing. So we are able to get to a place of homeostasis. And we see this in, in monks. We see this people who are actually taking the time out in their lives, no matter what the face of that may be, 
to be able to connect with who they are. And the problem is, especially in Western culture, like we have this Western way of life and say Western medicine too, where we, we intervene. We're like we're offering this system of saying like, we know better. Like Western medicine stops your body from doing what it naturally knows it needs to do and alters it on a different course. Whether you're feeling depressed and you know, you have you take SSRIs or, you know, you, you're, you have high blood pressure. So, you know, you take statins and stuff like this instead of like, well, if you're depressed, why are doctors now who are into more functional medicine and progressive healthcare, they're saying, go outside for a walk, get some sunshine, you know, go have physical activity. Because again, those, that's like ancient Chinese medicine and Ayurveda right there is saying that, we don't need to intervene. You just need to do what we've always done and what we've genetically been in evolving to for billions of years because we have evolved into these human beings that we are today by living in and cohabiting this earth with all the other biological entities around us. You know, and again, like a lot of that is, is, you know, like when, when we're, when we have this angst, like, you know, emotionally is that like, we need to be able to find these these places that connect us with the processes that want to happen in our body. Like you need to feel hurt. You need to feel sad. Like you need to cry a little bit. Like you need to feel those things because your body knows how to be able to deal with that. But when you don't allow yourself to be emotional, when you don't allow yourself to cry, when you don't allow yourself to have a real conversation about it, you're preventing what our minds and our bodies know what to do. If if you do that, you will come away. We all know what it likes, what it feels like to emotionally expose yourself. And then on the flip side of that, you always feel better. Like you always are like, oh, I'm so glad I had that conversation. I'm so glad I went outside. I'm so glad I have this and that because you feel better. And that is that real um, rudimentary genetic process that lies in our body saying like, if we just allow ourselves to be human beings, if we just allow ourselves to be connected to this earth, we have all the tools we need inside of us. We have trillions of cells inside of us that are starving for the opportunity to excel. And that's what you're getting right now is like, you know, you let that out, let it out because like you will be a more real human being after this conversation because you allowed yourself that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's uh, and kind of like how you're saying, it's like a, appreciate, you know, like, like our body and how it speaks to us. Right. Like it's, it's this, you know, and I thought of this uh, as I was walking down in the coolies, you know, and uh, we, you know, we're so fortunate and, you know, that's where, you know, life. And I think like, you know, when it comes to anybody doing training or physical activity, it's like, you know, I think everything is like 90% mental and 10% physical because our bodies, I think we've been able to show it, prove it, that it can absorb whatever, right? Like you can hike up a mountain, like, you know, anyone can go and do these things, right? It's just a matter of getting your mind, you know, to want to do it, right? Like I know I've gone up some mountains and you all of a sudden see a guy and he's, you know, like, I talked to this one guy, he had like triple bypass surgery, you know, and he's hiking like Crow's Nest Mountain, which is like an intense hike, you know, and it's, but that's the thing is that I guess he maybe had this like, you know, really like kind of whoa situation, right? But then it got him to, you know, look, he's like hiking up these mountains and stuff and appreciating his body again and stuff. And that's where I sat there and I kind of related it to, um, you know, think of, I guess, you know, 
having our driver's license, being able to drive a vehicle, right. From the time we're like 14 years old. Right. And then to all of a sudden, maybe when you're like 70 years old, it's all of a sudden like you've lost like a lifeline, you know, cause that's been such a means for us to get around and go and experience life and, and the world and stuff. And, you know, I think if maybe we could think of our bodies in that context, right. Like we're not always gonna, you know, have our body, right. Eventually our time comes, but like, you know, enjoy it and, you know, take advantage of it. Right. Don't, don't abuse it. Cause one day you're not going to have it. And then you're going to feel like, Oh shit. Right. <laughs> like what happened to time there and stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and like a good point of that, you know, like, um, I guess a great segue to be able to talk about this. Like I posted this picture of this book on uh, social media that I'm reading the other day, the handbook of Chinese medicine, um, and Ayurveda, an integrated practice of ancient healing traditions. And like, I feel like this book is so amazing because it's opened up my eyes in, you know, in so many different ways. And I think this has a lot to do with like, you know, what you're talking about right now. Um, you know, so the word like, like Vita means truth and Aeus means life. So they say the most accurate definition of like Ayurveda is a system of medicine des- designed to reveal the truth of your life. Like how profound is that? Like, you know, a system of medicine and, you know, like a, a scientific approach approach that literally means finding like the truth of your life. You know, so I was in the mountains. I've actually been afforded a great opportunity to be able to be um, in the backcountry, you know, on Friday and Saturday uh, this week. You know, and as I was sitting there looking at these these mountains and you know, like anybody who looks at mountains, I'm sure that you can contest to this, is that they look incredible. When you're standing on the peak of a mountain, like the summit of a mountain, and you look at all these mountain ranges, there's nothing in you that says this looks dirty or this shouldn't be there. Like, like it's ugly. Like it is the most profound. But the one thing that I realized in this though is that, you know, like mountains were created out of anger and hostility and you know just disruption to our planet because they're literally our earth's crust because of like our tectonic plates buckling and shifting and rising up out of the ground and rising up out of the ocean it is the most destructive representation outside of a volcanic eruption that we have to be able to witness like anger and hostility at the most rudimentary level but the thing is, like, after this happened, after this destructive event happened, there was nothing but purity. And there was nothing but, like, just, like, this this peace and this understanding. And, and the one thing that mountains also are that we know growing up in southern Alberta is that, like, mountains are a constant decay. So, like, our mountain ranges now, they're slowly growing, you know, maybe, like, an inch or so a year, you know, because there's that same disruptive force. There's there's still that same disruption of peace and harmony that we know that we see when we look at mountains and mountain ranges, but there's still that destruction. Like, that's that angst inside of us. But what mountains also are is, like, the foothills in southern Alberta where they're constantly eroding and constantly decaying because there is a lifespan to something as powerful as mountains that no matter how powerful something is volcanoes become like extinct volcanoes don't erupt anymore glaciers melt mountains 
they'd be eroded into foothills and then eventually just, you know, flat ground. And like, why do we think that we are a representation of something else? You know, and another part of like this book that I'm reading is where they talk about like, you know, the peace inside of us and understanding like that the the peace and the love inside of us is our driving force in life because, you know, using the analogy of a hurricane and, you know, having like the eye of a storm, you know, like we were talking about the other night, like the eye of a storm arguably is the most peaceful place on this planet like you the research is there people have talked about it there's nothing more calm and more beautiful than the eye of a storm but in a hurricane the smaller the eye of the storm the weaker the hurricane you know but when we allow you know like that that storm to grow the eye of the storm gets bigger the peace the love the unity like like the function of that that storm becomes so much greater so if we want to be an absolute force in life in the most positive ways we need that eye of the storm inside of us that love and that compassion and that empathy inside of us to be so abundant that it just allows ourselves as a human being to be that driving force in life. And I see that in this podcast that I did with Sohail. And I see that in like the refinement of like you and I as two men on this planet where Sohail happened to be fortunately been born that way where he understood that he came from this this place of love and compassion and unity and he's been this driving force to this planet and then there's you and I that are trying to understand where is this storm where's the eye of the storm inside of us and what does this mean to us as men yeah Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's a scary place to want to get into the eye of the storm, I guess. Right. Like when you use it kind of as, you know, that analogy, you know, it's like getting to the inside of it. It's just, you know, you got to go through, you got to go through some shit. Right. And then, and then you find that, you know, that peaceful place, that place of, you know, where you're, you can start to understand yourself. You can, you know, learn and, and not be distracted by all the like, stuff going on outside and around you, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's like, you know, when, when we look at that and like, but we cannot even understand how to, to, how to develop an eye of the storm or take that, that eye of the storm inside of us and make it like us as a human being. Like, like I am, I walk around every day as my own personal eye of my storm you know but the energy around my physical presence is my winds you know is my gale force winds like those winds don't lie inside me like i as a human in a physical entity on this earth need to become my own eye of my own storm you know as i walk through life because you know, like that's the connection. I think when we're then beside people and when we're in a community, we are a community of connected eyes of the storm. You know, like, so say like you and I, like, you know, we're understanding the eye of our storms. So like, you know, our eyes of our storms might be a toony size each of our whole physical presence. But between the two of us having this connected emotional conversation right now, we double that size because our eyes join, they amalgamate. You know, and every time that we find people around us, like our eyes of our storms connect and like that's that energy force in the world is saying like, how can we be in communities where in environments where our eyes of our storms, they join together so that we all walk through life 
as a more powerful, you know, reckoning like to this earth in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think it's all, you know, as we, you know, have these conversations as we're, you know, like, yeah, like starting to feel that, right. Like that, that energy or whatever it is. Like, I know for me, I'm like, I, you know, that there's, yeah, like there's been some clarity through the, the emotional, you know, flush that I'm trying to like deal with and go through. Right. And, and, uh, and, and then it, so then what it's making me do is want to like, okay, what are these small steps that I need to do? Right. Like to build on that energy, right. Like what, what small steps, not, not like set up for this huge goal, you know, from afar. Right. And we kind of talked about this the other day, right. It's like, you know, you can have this huge goal, you know, set out, but no, it's like, what am I doing in my day to day life? You know, and what can I add to it or maybe what, what should I be taking away from it? That are the steps that are going to take me down that, you know, road that I've chosen, right. To like build off of this, like carry that momentum. Um, and that's, I, I think it's, again, people need to maybe focus on like smaller steps, right. And how you said it, right. You know, I think we say like the goal is to be happy. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that, that when, when are we, will we ever know that we're happier, that we're there. Right. And there's a lot of old quotes and things that say, um, you know, happiness isn't really the goal. It's, it's, it, or, or the journey, right. It's, it's more happiness shouldn't be the destination. It's, the journey and finding moments of happiness along the way, right. Or those little things. Right. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, for me now it's not to get overwhelmed because I think if you set up some big aspiration or whatever's going on, um, it, you know, it could set yourself up for failure and then that's where then you're going to get pissed off. You're going to get frustrated with yourself. You're going to feel down. Right. And the goal is to, yeah, right now I, I have, I feel, you know, emotion. I feel sad. Right. I feel these things, but like, how do I spin that, you know, for the betterment of myself. Right. And then how it, you know, lays out down the road. I, you know, again, that's hopefully I do the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Absolutely. Uh, I think we're going to have to wrap this this yeah, podcast up here and stuff. We kind of went over a little bit of what we were going to talk about, but it's hard when you're in such like an amazing, you know, conversation with somebody just to be able to to cut it off and, you know, and I apologize stuff, but yeah. obviously no, this good. is a point where like, you know, real life like reigns in and stuff, but yeah. you know, like um, you know, like you know, like my my challenge to everybody out here who's going to listen to this um, you know, is really just, you know, like maybe spend, you know, even five minutes trying to understand what Ayurveda is. So A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. And again, it's like this system of medicine designed to reveal the truth of your life. And, you know, like if, if that doesn't spark your curiosity, if that doesn't spark something inside you to be able to understand like, hey, what does this mean? You know, like, why would you not want to connect with the truth of your life? So that's my challenge to everybody out there because um, I know that a part of the truth of my life um, is having people like Jason to be able to share my life with, um, but also all of you who who feel like it's worthy of taking the time out of your day to be able to listen you know, to the things that I put out there, the conversations that Jason and I have. So um, you know, I, I want to thank you all and I want to thank especially you, Jason, for being a part of that truth of my life dude thanks man totally appreciate yeah talking with you and uh yeah i hope you enjoy your sunday man and have a wicked day awesome you too <laughs>